On today's episode of the Teacher's Lounge, we talk with Miss Angel, teacher at Peak Charter Academy, and we talked about what it's like to be a teacher during this COVID-19 pandemic, and ultimately what she learned about herself as a teacher going through this experience. Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge. Today we're with Miss Angel, a teacher at Peak Charter Academy, and we are talking about COVID in the classroom. So thank you for joining us. Um, I think first things first, how is the school year going? It's going. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's honestly been um, a whirlwind, to say the least, for teachers, staff, parents, students. Um, I think it really made us grateful for what we've been doing. Um, just being in a classroom full of students, which I know at times was so overwhelming, but now we're just like, oh, I want my kids back. So moving into hybrid or at least seeing them on camera is, um, is so much better than we thought it would be. Like it's something that we really took for granted being able to see our kids every day. Let's go back to, cause we're, I mean, everybody's neck deep into this by now. Everybody's kind of got their, feet under them when it comes to COVID and working remotely, teaching hybrid or however you're operating this world. When March happens, what is that like for a teacher experiencing a global pandemic, states are shutting down, schools are closing and figuring out what's next? What, what's, like, what's it like going through that in real time? Chaotic. Uh, I think at first, whenever we, whenever I first heard about it, I was like pandemic, like, okay, like, we're going to have to wipe down the desks and everyone's going to have to actually learn how to cough. Like, okay. And then I think all this happened. We're like, Oh cool. Like maybe like a long weekend, like, Ooh, maybe like an extra week off. And then we're like, Oh no, wait, this is like a thing. Like this is, this is the thing. And it was just the more and more we kept learning about it. And um, the more communication we were getting from our, our, our administrators, it was just like, wait, wait, what's happening? Wait, what are we supposed to be doing? Wait, how are we going to do that? Wait, how, what is that? What are these all uh, new apps happening? I don't know how to use Google Classroom. It's <laughs> just like, it was like, I feel like I was on an I Love Lucy whenever with the chocolates and they just mm, keep yeah. going and I'm shoving chocolate <laughs> in my mouth and trying to survive. And that's from different teachers that I've heard of. That was the tough part of when you thought you had one thing figured out, three more things had to figure out kind of to your point of, well, the school's closed. Okay, how are we going to teach? Okay, here's Google Classroom. Okay, now I need to figure out Google Classroom. What's that like having this many things thrown at you and trying to learn all these things? So I'd like to think that I was a pretty techie teacher. Like I, like my, my master's degree is in STEM concentration. I was just like, I know, I know how to dual screen my computer, like control alt delete all day long. Like I got it. But as soon as all this happened, it was very humbling. Cause I was like, Oh, I know nothing. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. This is wow. And it was, um, it, I really had to uh, lean a lot on my teammates and we were collaborating, I feel like, more than ever because um, trying to figure out new technologies and, and how to use Google Meet and Google Classroom and all these other different, like Bloxy and all these other different programs that we're using. And it was super overwhelming. And then also trying to work with your kids because I have kids that would come to school every day and trying to get them to turn anything in was like pulling teeth. I was like, please anything. I gave you the paper and then it just like magically vanishes. <laughs> and then doing that 
while they're sitting at their computer, like if they ever come to the computer or like they're just like a ghost, like you're trying to summon someone, like you're sitting there to Google Meet, they might have their little icon up, but there's no one. They're just like, Jimmy, are you there, Jimmy? Please give us a sign that you're there, Jimmy. <laughs> it's just so frustrating because I'm like, I'm, part of my job is creating those relationships. And so trying to do that at first was so difficult because you're just, you're just talking to a screen and then you don't, you just, your time is only for that structured content. You don't get, you want to make a lot of time for that, um, that building relationships piece that you take advantage of in the building. That's actually something I've heard quite a few teachers express to me of, okay, it happened in March. You knew your students, you had relationships with them for the next three months until summer vacation. Now, what was normally very important relationship building with new students at the beginning of the school year is now virtual. How are you building these relationships virtually? To your point, you're, you know, you have kids that might not be logged on or like, Hey, are you paying attention? Your screen's black. What's going on? How do you start building those relationships? Cause everybody knows teacher student relationships is one that's very important. Oh, hundred percent. It's, um, I mean, that's, that's the foundation of, of any subject, no matter what you're teaching, you have to know your kids because if, if, you, if they feel like they don't have a relationship with you, then they're not really motivated as much to, to do that work for you, to learn from you. Like if, if you feel like you don't, if you come off as like you don't want to be there, they're not going to want to be there. So um, building that from the beginning is so crucial. And so doing that in the beginning of the year um, was, especially when you're, when you're virtual, you're talking to a screen all day. It was really tough. You, like, I mean, obviously we already knew how big building those relationships were, but I think it really challenged me as a teacher of, okay, how can I do that? How can I reach them through a screen? And I think that's, that was really the biggest thing. And honestly, one huge takeaway that I've learned and just trying to build relationships is just having conversations with them, like normal people, like asking them every day we start our class, like when I'm welcoming them, I make sure to say their name. Hey, how's it going? noticing new things about them. And one thing we do in every class periods, just about every single day is good news. So like we all, it's, it's really easy for us to, um, to think negatively or think about, Oh, I wish things were back to the way they were and, and really be pessimistic about it. But right. We, I really try and focus them on good news. So that's mm-hmm. something that I know NHA does as a whole. And, we use that as kind of like a, you know, a homeroom thing sometimes, but I think that has been an overarching theme throughout every one of my classes, whether it's my random, you know, block two science class or whether it's my homeroom, whether it's my elective class, whether I've already seen these kids today, it's just a different class and just knowing what's going well in their life is, is super important because they're getting to share something about you. Maybe I get to know that it's their, their great aunt's, twice removed cousin's cat's birthday, you know, and that's really important to them. Cool. Or they're literally have like a six month countdown. It's my sister's birthday in six months. I'm like, cool. They're like the next day. It's my birth. It's my sister's birthday in five months and 30 days. I'm just like neat. I mean, just figuring out what's, what's important to them, what's going on in their lives, knowing about like, Hey, we had our first soccer practice today. And I'm like, you guys are playing soccer. That's awesome. What time? Where, where do I need to go? I was like, you let, cause I'm just letting them know. I'm like, Hey, if you have dance recitals, if you have soccer games, if you have art shows, 
Let me know, get your parents, send me the information. Let me know what time I'll bring the cowbells. I'll bring the signs. I'll bring the pom-poms. I'll do all the things because I like knowing what's going on in your life, even outside the school. I'm like, I know I'm your science teacher, but so I don't want to talk about science all the time. Most of the time, not all the time. I want to get to know about you, but just, just asking them like, what's, what's going well in your life? What are you happy about today? Um, and it really, it makes a huge difference. And I feel like that's really what made them open up. They look forward to sharing. They ask, can we get, should we go ahead and share good news? Can we start good news? Can we do good news? And just because they're, they're excited to share and hear about each other and they're in the comments like, Oh, that's so cool. Tell your great grandmother's uh, cousin's cats happy birthday for me. And I'm just like, okay, yay fluffy. But it's, uh, or on Fridays I've, I've started doing this, you know, in the, in the regular classroom as well. Like, bringing it into there every Friday we share um, every Friday is grateful Friday. So tell me something that you're grateful for today. Cause I, I really want it's so easy to have that negative attitude about, you know, you, you, you broke a shoelace, you got your gum stuck in your hair, you hit your elbow on the door. Like your little sister took the toy out of the cereal box. Like there could be a lot of things. So I'm like, well, what's something that you're grateful for today? And I'm like, it could literally be the fact that you have two working legs that walked you into school today. It could literally be that you got the strawberry crystal light packet for your water bottle, like whatever it is. It, it could, or it could be it's your birthday today. Um, but just I think adding those little bitty things of that positive mindset and that positive outlook and purposefully looking for things to be grateful for and to think good thoughts about it's it's made a huge difference. And so and it tells me more about their kid. The kid it makes them share and you know get along well, they can make connections with their classmates they're like oh no way my brother's birthday is in nine months like it's they just get really excited and they feel like they're creating their own community because we have new students that are starting a brand new school with kids they are only going to see in little boxes like the brady bunch but so it's it's really tough for them so i want to make sure that i'm making them feel more like we're a family so I'm not a teacher, but the one thing that I think I've struggled the most with during uh, this pandemic and working from home all the time and everything's virtual is there's no more cutoff anymore. You know, it used to be at 530, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, whenever the workday's over for us, you got to leave, you got to drive home. There was some sort of disconnect. And I know a lot of teachers take things home with them or stay after school, but normally there was some sort of disconnect. It was, okay, my day is over. Did you struggle with that at all, teaching virtual, where it felt like the school day all of a sudden was 20 hours long? In, in the beginning, I definitely think there I had no limits. Like there was just, I was just working all the time. I felt like I was overwhelmed. I was always in a meeting or talking to someone, emailing or making lessons or trying to learn a new thing. And now I feel like, now that we've got back in the swing of things and we've kind of gotten to a rhythm at some point, I'm able to like, okay, I have to set boundaries for myself or this is going to be a, this is, I'm going to, we're going to burn, burn right out. So um, just kind of checking in and making sure I make those um, boundaries for myself as well as my how did How did you start making those boundaries for yourself to make sure you didn't get burnt out, to make sure you weren't working all the time, especially when you were teaching remote. Cause there's still a lot of teachers out there that are 100% remote that I'm sure are going through exactly what you just described of 
constantly answering emails, in meetings, feel like you're never done, never caught up. How did you start building these boundaries, even just for sanity standpoint? So, I mean, because that's, that's something that I know a lot of people are struggling with. And, you know, people are looking to other people to say, how do I do this? How do I turn this off? You know, I'm working more than I ever have. I'm constantly home on my laptop. I feel like I can't get away from this. How do you start building those boundaries? I think for me, it's just making a schedule for myself and figuring out, okay, this is my list of things to do. When can I compartmentalize like my day? When can I find time to do this? And like once it hits, you know, I do my, the main things I have to do and at whatever that cutoff point is, and especially now that I have a dog at home, it's my motivation to like, I need to get done to get home to my fur child to make sure. <laughs> and, um, cause I, I know for a fact, I know me as a person on the last time we talked, I'm like, if I try to take it home, it's not going to get done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually one of the things I was wondering about with you is being home all the time now. Like that's the space of peace. That's the place of, that, this is my, my dojo of tranquility. Yes. <laughs> And um, I think now that like, you know, I've, I've been able to create, now that I'm in my house, I've, I, I have an office. And so this is like, when I'm in here, I have to work and I have to be in here from this time to this time. And this is when I work. And so just kind of creating that space and compartmentalizing my time and just making sure that like, um, okay, whatever, I'm, whenever I'm in here, you know, I'm not watching, I don't know, Netflix, I'm not on random social media. Like I don't have, um, my crazy dance music on. Like I gotta be in here. I gotta focus. Cause that means whenever I leave this room, like I leave all my stuff in that room and I can, I can, um, be a normal human being. But I mean, there's definitely going to be times where I'm still grading stuff like while trying to watch the office, like it's going to happen, but, um, it's doing my best to make sure that school stays at school so that I have a little bit of work-life balance. Cause I think that's, really what's wearing people out is the fact that like you said it's just work nonstop all day long it's not a nine to five anymore it's a nine barley back down to nine <laughs> so um just how how important do you think those boundaries were to put on that this is my school time this is my school room this is my school hours because in theory that's great to think of but when four o'clock hits or five o'clock or six or whatever time you've given yourself comes, how important is that to say, okay, my quote, quote unquote, work time is done. Even though I'm at home, I have to step away. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's really just, it's, it's for your mental health, honestly. Cause I think that's something that no one really focused on as much when it came to work. I think everyone mm -hmm. like before all this happened, I think it's been a real switch to mental health wise is that, Hey, I think everyone just kind of realized like, Oh my gosh, like we're working ourselves to the bone. We're freaking out. We're overwhelmed. Like everyone feels just like the, the weight of the world is on their shoulders. And so I think, I know like our administrators have been working out like, Hey, you know, you have this half day, you have like this one meeting and then the rest of the day is yours. Use this time to get your stuff done. And then at boom, this time you're good relax, get away from your computer. And it's just something that I have to tell myself, like work hard now, relax later. And just to, to separate that time. Cause honestly, it's all about that, that peace of mind. Cause I mean, as a teacher, you're always going to be worrying about your students and the workload and whatever's going on with them. It's never, it's never something that you can really clock out of. 
That's just, that's part of the job. Mm-hmm. But uh, what you can do is set those boundaries for you so that it's, you're, you are taking a little bit for yourself. And so, and also it's helped me because my, my focus is like all over the place. <laughs> it's, I have the same, I have the same attention level as my students. I'm just like, I am, whoo. So, <laughs> this, uh, but I, so I have to make sure that like, I, I keep myself on a schedule, like, just like I would tell my students to make sure like you're using your time wisely, you're focusing on the task at hand. And, um, and you're rewarded with being able to do that free time later. Um, and whether that's creating a certain space for you, whether that's making timers, whether that I'm a very listy person. So I'm just like, I got my top priorities and then like the, Ooh, if I'm feeling like I'm really still focused, I'll knock these out too. So, um, and honestly just taking it one day at a time. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I'm glad to hear you that these boundaries that you built for yourself and these time limits actually worked because it's one thing. And I know a couple of people that have struggled that they say, okay, I'm done at X o'clock and the next o'clock comes and it's like, I'm home. There's nothing else to do. My laptop's already open. I might as well keep going, but it's good to have that cutoff just for peace of mind for, you know, work-life balance, mental health, whatever you want to call it. It's good to have that because I mean, everybody's missing that disconnect when you leave your place of work and it's just like, well, I'm home still. I might as well just keep chugging along. Um, one thing that I like the chair to the couch. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) One thing that has been, um, I'm super curious to know is, so you've been teaching your whole career one way and then the pandemic hits. Do you think, once you get back, once, you know, whether it's a vaccine or whatever gets us over the hump or we're back in the classrooms, people are back at work, all your kids are back in class. Do you think that there's anything from teaching in the pandemic that you will take with you moving forward? Oh, hundred percent. I think, uh, especially because we, we had to become that it tech support. I realized how many incredible mm-hmm. apps and different things that they're, that, we've been missing out on or that have been created in, in all this. Like Google classroom is my new best friend. I'm like, I never want to have to hand out another worksheet as long as I live. It's been so nice, especially because it has that automatic grading feature. I am so on board. So there's, and there, because, and I love that everything's timestamped, like using Mm. um, Google docs and Google slides. We've been using that a lot, but also like being able to assign them and then like have that due date, Whenever kids are like, oh, yeah, I totally turned it in. Or, oh, yeah, I totally did that. I'm like, did you? <laughs> did you really? And so, and also um, using programs like Bloxy to make sure my students are using technology appropriately. Um, and so that way I'm not having to, like, wander all around the room trying to make sure that everyone's, you know, not on random sites. Like, I'm able to use that um, that program to make sure that, uh, my, one of my students are, are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like they're, they're using that technology appropriately. And it also allows me to, to share things with them. Like I can put something on their screen. We can all be on the same page moving. And it just, it, just, it really helps those transitions a lot easier rather than, okay, I put the link up on the board. Everyone like try and put in the link. Let's go. Do you have it? Do you have it? Nope. That's go backspace backspace. And it's just like, I, it's just, it makes it a lot easier. I think that's it's made us accelerate into the, the future of education a little bit too fast. But I also like uh, 
one that we've come across things like Flipgrid, which are um, their videos that people have already made, and you can ask questions as the video comes up. I can make my own Flipgrid, so if I'm not teach, if I can have them in a small group, and I am like teaching a lesson and have them questions, you know, right along with it, and then that's that's another station I can have where they they still are working with me technically. I'm just on their screen, so it's it's definitely a lot of things that I'm going to be bringing back into the the normal classroom. So this might be a, an indelicate question. You can tell me to go kick rocks if you want me to. But once we get back to normal, and you know, it's hard finding a silver lining anywhere right now. But do you think during all of this, once we get back to normal, do you think you'll be a more efficient teacher? With the technology side, with kind of what you're talking about, with no more worksheets and doing stuff, you know, everybody's individuals. Now you can do all of the stuff in Google Analytics, or not Google Analytics, sorry, uh, in Google Classroom, in Google Sheets. You have timestamps, the grading features. Do you think that'll help moving forward once we're officially out of this? I, I mean, I de definitely think it's going to help. Uh, it, will it make me uh, more efficient? Maybe like because we've been practicing with it so much and kids will be so used to it. Mm -hmm. I would assume but you know what they say about assuming. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I think hopefully we see this as a way for technology to help us. And now that schools have been, or at least our school has definitely made sure that people have access to this, the technology, like everyone does. So we're one-to-one -one now, which has been huge. And so finally we've been asking for that, asking for that. And I think this um, huge pandemic, pandemic was the final push that we needed to finally get everyone a device. And so I feel like that in itself is going to make things a lot more efficient because, you know, one, we're, we're not working with a lot of papers. We're not having to be shoving everything in backpacks and trying to find things. And I think becoming a little bit less paperless, yay for the environment. Like, <laughs> but I think in general, if this is where things are moving, obviously there's always going to be paper pencil activities for us mm -hmm. to do. Cause I'm a very, I'm a very hands-on person. I love building projects and doing things with the hands, but I think moving to, towards that more online paperless type of thing is, is definitely going to make things a little bit more efficient.